Since 1983, Copenhagen Modern Furniture has showcased Austin's largest collection of fine contemporary furniture and accessories. Now, at Copenhagen, save $500 on any stressless signature or leg comforter recliner model. For more ways to save, shop online at copenhagenliving.com or visit the showroom on Breaker Lane. Copenhagen Modern Furniture, Austin's premier destination for everything contemporary since 1983. Are you going to Spamarama? Partly singed, hairy old swine. Dismembered meat is ground up in there. She once was my 4-H project. Welcome to I Love You So Much, the podcast about the people, places, and things we love about Austin. Our podcast is from the feature staff at the Austin American Statesman, and we're sponsored by Copenhagen Furniture. I'm Addie Broyles. Spamarama was an Austin fixture for decades before the cook-off and celebration of all things weird disappeared 12 years ago. On July 6th, the event returns to the Moon Tower Saloon. And for this week's podcast, founder David Arnsberger and Moon Tower owner Josh Bum joined me in the studio to talk about why spam sparks such strong opinions. Arnsberger talked about how he's seen Austin change since the festival started in the 1970s and why Spamarama was never really about spam in the first place. David Arnsberger, welcome to I Love You So Much. Thank you very much. Is that the name of the show? I Love You So Much. What a great name. Isn't it neat? We uh, talk about all the people, places, and things we love about Austin. And Spamarama, although I have not experienced it, is... You've never been to a Spamarama? David, I hope we can still continue this conversation and you won't kick me out of the podcast room. Well, how you've only been in Austin since for, 2005. Well, see, I, I was already done with, with it. Well, and I was having then. babies and, you know, trying to get yeah. my head on straight. Right. Figure out how to be a food writer. No, but I, I, I really did miss out on the last couple of years of it. But, you know, this is an Austin institution that I had heard about kind of like Aquafest. You know, it was a, a thing of the past that I, I do think really contributed to what I understood to be Austin culture. And it's just that Keep Austin Weird vibe that what the heck is a Spamarama? And so tell me a little bit in the 70s when you decided to start this, what gave you this crazy idea in the first place? Well, I'll give you the traditional uh, story. Is a friend of mine, Dick Terry is his name, and we were sitting around on a cold winter's day in January and um, lamenting. Uh, he was lamenting about how many chili cook-offs there were. You know, every every weekend there's a chili cook-off somewhere for the dog owners association or the, or the neighborhood association, firemen's chili cook-off. He said, anybody can cook chili, you know, it's just meat and chili powder. And if you're from north of the Red River, you throw in some beans. But if you could make spam edible, that would be an accomplishment. And so I went, spamarama. The gauntlet had been laid down. Yeah. Yeah. And so we went to uh, George Majeski, who, who ran Soap Creek Saloon and Bee Cave and on Bee Cave Road. Uh, it's actually in Westlake Hills. And, um. He said, sure, we'll give it a shot. And my band, the Uranium Savages, played on a Saturday afternoon. And we, it was a joke. You it know, was April Fool's Day, right? It was, it, it was Day, April right? Fool's Day. And it was a joke. And we didn't think, you know, it would turn out to be much. But there was like, I think, almost 30 entries. And there was like almost 300 people there. 
and uh, so we kept it going. You sure did. And uh, the peak seemed to be in the late 90s when you had 14,000 people at Auditorium Shores. Well, we finally, you know, it was tough competing for venues here in town. I'm not going to mention any names, but French Smith used to always do the Pecan Street Festival, and uh, and it was very competitive going to the Parks and Recreation Department. Um I wanted to do Spamorama at Auditorium Shores. We'd been doing it at Cedar Door on the other side of the river, and uh, Gus was moving it. The guy who owned Cedar Door, he was my partner, and he was moving it, and he couldn't do it there anymore. And I got 5,000 signatures and took it down to the uh, the Parks and Recreation Department, City of Austin, and said, every, people, every person on here wants Spamorama at Auditorium Shores. So I finally got it in 1997. And um, it was pretty successful then, but in 1998, it peaked. And if we could have kept it going, it would have been like one of these things they do now, you know, Reggie Fest or something. It, it was it was huge. And um, but they closed it down after mm-hmm. 98, and I moved to Boulder in 98. So I started doing it long distance, and I had to compete with other people to get Waterloo Park. And uh, I think the last year I did it at the Austin Music Hall. I think people don't take time to appreciate how much effort goes into these events. And and much less keeping them going year after year after year. And, you know, that was a nice break for you to yeah. do some other things. You're a well-known radio personality around town. You host a Wednesday night show uh, at Wero's for some yeah, radio. Texas Radio Live, yeah. And your ongoing uh Radio show or the segment Pioneers. is Pioneers, Pioneers of, of Texas. Sun Radio. Sun Used to be Radio. Pioneers of Texas. So, yeah, we were talking yesterday that you've profiled more than 300 artists yes. through that segment. Yes. But, uh, you know, Spamorama is, it's silly. It's not, you know, there's very little that's serious about it. There's puns galore. There's a chili or a, a spam cook-off that you're hoping will bring in some well, chefs and home cooks who can do something with spam. Well, you see, Austin made it silly. There's spam cook-offs all over the place. Um, they had there's there's a place in uh, Hawaii that has a spam cook-off every year, and it's serious, mm-hmm. you know. And all we did was present the idea. Of course, we did have it in association with April Fool's Day, but um, Austin's the one that made it silly. And and there's some very serious chefs as well. I mean, some real professional chefs that have. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a long tradition of winning the America's Cup. You also have a worst spam dish. We do, and we're going to name that after John Kelso this year. We're gonna, it's going to be the John Kelso Memorial Worst Taste Award. I want you to tell me a John Kelso story. Any one of your choosing has to be clean enough for uh, the year. Well, uh, I met John Kelso at a bar downtown, and um, he introduced himself to me and, let, and told me that uh, he was one of my biggest fans. He was a fan of the Uranium Savages, and he really liked my stuff, my songs and things. And uh, we kind of got to be buddies, and just a couple of years later, he asked me if I would like to go with him to New Hampshire to run for president of the United States. And... Uh, I thought about it. He said, well, you're going to have to cut your hair and shave and buy, you know, some nice clothes. And, okay, I'm in. So um, I went with John Kelso to New Hampshire, Laconia, New Hampshire, where he grew up. And um, we tried to get 500 signatures from 
the Western District and 500 signatures from the Eastern District. And if we would have been able to get those 1,000 signatures, we would have been able to get on the New Hampshire primary ballot. But it did give John a lot of material for columns. And uh, he came back and tried to run for president here in Texas, and I, I was done, you know. But uh, that was John Kelso. I really miss him. Tell me about some of the other judges you've got coming in this year and some of the past judges you've had. Well, these are all past judges. Uh, Jim Hightower, who got me in trouble when he said live on CBS this morning when we had a, a fake spamorama on Auditorium Shores, the, the whole camera, Gordon, what's his name? Gordon, the Australian guy that was on CBS. Um, they sent him down here and they interviewed Hightower. And he said, he says, oh, spam's okay. It kind of reminds me of owl meat. And uh, they sent me a letter that the, my friend in the legal department sent me a letter and, and said, you know, they didn't appreciate that. And this, I said, if you knew, if you knew Jim Hightower, you know, it wouldn't bother you. you know? and <laughs> so this year you have Jim Hightower, Jim, Jim Swift Hightower, as Jim judges. Swift, who's, who's judged before. Yeah. Bridget Shea yeah. um, from Save Our Springs and city council. And now she's a county commissioner. And... Um, George Bajeski, the the guy who started Soap Creek Saloon and who made the first uh, Spamorama possible. And uh, Dave Jarrett, who is one of my favorite DJ uh, radio personalities of Austin. He's, he hasn't been on the radio now probably 10, 12 years. He's, yeah. He produces theater, does plays and stuff. Yeah. So historically, though, you had Molly Ivins. Molly Ivins, Liz Carpenter, um, uh, Paul Prudhomme. How'd you get Paul Prudhomme Well, he over happened here. to be in town. And, I, I, they, you know, I, I used to make the rounds of all the morning shows. And they had a morning show that was taking place at Central Market. And they were going to interview me, you know, do a little 10-minute spot. And right before me was Paul Prudhomme. And so I said, well, you're in town. Why don't you come be a guest judge? And he was in a wheelchair. And he... Went around with the judge at Spamorama. I think that was the year I think we did it on 6th Street. You, Molly Ivins had a funny quip. When she tasted something, she said, you said she only lasted after about three entries. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah she kind of turned pale and went and sat down in a chair and said, somebody bring me some water and somebody, somebody bring me a drink. And, uh, yeah, she didn't last long. How many times have you had Spam in your life, David? Uh, Be real. You, now you're on am mic. I under so oath? You're under oath because you're on mic. <laughs> um, you know, probably not very many times. Uh, occasionally at Spamorama, I'll nibble on something that looks interesting. But uh, let me guess, you probably prefer it raw, uncooked. You know, you can eat can. spam like an apple. Yeah, you, know? you can you can share it with your dog. It's it's a really versatile substance and uh, lasts forever. And the gelatinous substance that comes with it inside the can can be used for multi purposes. Mm, Grease your wheels. (laughs) Brush your teeth. Yeah, that's right. Perfume. Use it in your hair, like like rosemary oil. I hope somebody makes a candle out of spam gelatinous material. I bet you could. I bet it'd burn all night long. It's twelve ounces of meaty. Uh, well, it, uh, it, they've changed the ingredients list 
through the years, but I think now it's down to, it's boiled down to um, ham, pork shoulder, sodium nitrate, and maybe salt or something, I think. They have so many versions now. If you look on the uh, uh, the spam merchandise page, there's nine pages of spam merchandise. And on the first page, there's um, a variety pack. There's 12 cans of all the different ones they what make. What are some of the flavors? Um, I don't know. They've got one that's like a Puerto Rico flavor. They need to send me some samples is what they need to do. Could you hear him when he's no. talking? Josh, let me have you introduce yourself real quick on Mike. I'm just Josh Bob. I'm a co-owner of a Loon Tower. Contacted David to see if we can bring Spamorama back. Why? Honestly, I, I sometimes when I'm in certain areas, and I won't name them here in town, and you know the way things are changing here in town, and... I don't, he'd put a bag on my head and spin me around. I could be in any town USA, you know. So I've always had this sort of bone to pick with uh, some of some of the city folk that uh, they're not given the credit to what gives the flavor of town the credit that it's due. Kind of making it hard and welcome in the foreign entities and stuff. And then, but the, you know, when they say what makes your town so great, they they point out things like Spamorama, or Continental Club, or these kind of things. That, and uh, it always just I don't know. It just one day I was just thinking about it, and I was like, "Well, whatever happened to Spamorama?" You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I said, "I'm gonna bring back Spamorama." I had no idea about Dave. Dave was a friend, Facebook friend already. I had no idea it had anything to do with it. Did my research, and I was like, "Holy, holy smokes!" David invented Spamorama. So I just hollered at him, and then, uh, and we, we we've been going from there. You've been running amok yeah. ever since. So, what can people expect from this year's event? You've got the cook-off returning. You got the cook-off you returning. Got some games. Spam Olympics is coming back. What are some of the events? Do um, you want to talk about Spam Olympics? Well, uh, the three events I've chosen to bring back are um, the Spam Toss, the ever-popular Spam Toss, which is patterned after your traditional egg toss, where it's two-person teams, and you toss and step back and toss and step back. If your Spam hits it with a chunk of Spam out of the can, if your spam hits the ground, you're out. Your team's out. And we've had, I don't think we measured it, but I, I saw the other day um, one that was on Auditorium Shores and, and a video of one that was on 6th Street. And they're chunking that stuff, man, underhanded, like, I'd say probably at least 50 yards, you know? And, wow. Uh, and, wow. Yeah. And you also, you're going to have a spam eating contest. The, 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 we used to call it the spam cram. And then um, Hormel ask if I would please change the name to the Spam Burger Eating Contest. So what we did was instead of having to devour an entire 12-ounce chunk of Spam, we gave them the 12-ounce chunk of Spam and two pieces of white bread. And it became a Spam Burger. And uh, and this year, uh, they sent me, you know, I told them everything I was going to do, you know. And they sent me a thing, would you please uh, not do the eating contest And because of our policy on world hunger? Uh, we don't believe we should encourage overeating. And I said, this isn't overeating. This isn't like a hot dog. How many hot dogs can you eat? This is like how fast can you eat a can of Spam, you know? So, no, I'm not going to change it. But Hormel's playing nice this year. You guys have you have an, uh, a nice little contract that says you can use the trademark for in perpetuity. Well, that was the one I signed in, in 1994. And, and I what I basically did, once I found that contract and reread it, 
I said, look, I'm going to do everything I'm supposed to do, and I'm letting you know that we're going to do it. And they've been very responsive. And I, I sent them the poster, and they made some changes on it. They wanted the TM in a different place, and the R was circled a little bigger and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. It's bona fide, certified Spammerama. We're, we're playing nice, yeah. So Spam's been a part of American culture for a long time opinions have changed of it over the years so i'm i'm sure this is a good opportunity for them to uh be re-energized well, with some millennial so. energy you'd think so uh, i think it was 97 or 98 maybe both years they sent me some merchandise that i used for prizes for the winners um i don't know if they'll do that again this year or not i need to you know to contact them i haven't contacted them yet so, like you say, this is a this is a, takes a lot of work. There's a lot of you're finding that out. There's lots of different little facets you have to do, and some of them you have to do in order. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what do you think makes spam so special in American culture? Um, it's just that, like I say, it's an icon. Every it, it, everybody knows what it is. Before it became uh, uh, a word for, you know, junk email. Everybody knew what spam was, and um, most people eh, coming from the generation where it was made, which was the late 30s, early 40s, and World War II, had eaten it as a child. The baby boomers, you know, mm-hmm. their, their parents ate it in the war, and, and they ate it as kids. And, uh, and it's gone on to where it's an icon, that, that blue and yellow can. They've changed the font a little bit now and then if you look at years in a row of, of but not much and it's still big yellow four yellow letters and everybody knows what it is and most people either they most people have a story you know mm-hmm. you know when i was little my dad used to make us eat this stuff or something you, know? you came to austin in 1969 to study anthropology at ut actually i came to austin in 1969 because I wanted to move to Austin. I really liked it. And, and I went to UT as an undeclared major. And uh, I really didn't know hardly anything about anthropology, but I took a course in cultural anthropology by uh, Dr. T.N. Campbell, and he just uh, sold me. I mean, I was just done. It was, like, so fascinating, and it was what I wanted to learn about. So as a cultural anthropologist, how would you read Spamarama today? Well, I, like I say, I think it's part of a uh, the American culture uh, that came out of that era that's kind of still hanging in there. And um, I'd be curious to know what spam sales are compared to. I bet you anything that spam sales in the Austin area in March and April from 1978 to about 1998 we're substantial. Yep. Well, I'm going to go out. I, I should say I'm fixing to go out and get my first can of spam in uh, probably my whole adult You're life. getting hungry I'm, talking I, about I it, I am, you? actually. Well, and I had spam as a kid probably because my dad bought it and was like, you guys need to try this kind of a thing. See, everybody's and, got a story. Yeah. But I, so I, I look forward to passing that experience onto my kids. But I do think from a food perspective, there's something really neat to be done with it. Probably a spam stir fry or... Oh, we've had spam cordon bleu and 99% spam free, almost kosher gas attack. That was uh, crazy Carl Hickerson Bowles. It was a great big 25 pounds of pinto beans. Uh, spam first. 
which was entered by the guy that still cooks for Green Mesquite Barbecue, Spambo, which was a, a gumbo made from Spam. Um, and it, the leftovers were donated to the Society for the Prevention of Aggies. Uh, of course, Spam Chiladas were a big hit and, and won, a rest, uh, won a prize the year they were entered. And then we go on to uh, Curried Spam Siam, Spambrosia, uh, Spam Rangoon, Spamalamadingdong, and uh, Spring Fling Spam Spread, and of course Piggy Pate, and Spermicelli Salad, uh, Spamalini, uh, Spam Bisque, you know, one thing I tasted, it's the best thing I've ever had at any of the Spamoramas. Chicken fried Spam. No, because most chicken fried steak, you have to chew it and chew it and chew it. But this had a great gravy. It had a great crust, and it was just melt in your mouth. It was delicious. What, What's your Spam story, Josh? you have a Spam story? I actually, I went to the last Spamorama. I really, I saw a picture of the, the Spam uh, sculptures, and I just really wanted to see what that was all about, but. I think with Spam, it is Americana. It's, it's pure Americana. Just like this event is pure Austin, yeah. real traditional. I hope everybody comes and helps it, uh, bring it back. But Don't make Austin weird again. I think if, I, personally, I think if you treat Spam, for example, if you heat Spam up and try to eat a block of it, it's going to be a lot harder than a cold block. It's so, I, I don't want to say decadent, but it's it, it, your brain just trips. It's salty and fatty. And I think if you treat Spam... But I, I, I've mentioned what I would cook if I were cooking because I'd like to cook in it was the Spam BLT. And it's all BLT is already almost a perfect thing, right? And if you make it right, of course. But if you add just a sliver of Spam, it gets this little crust thing going on there. And you just need to treat it as an accompaniment, sort of like something to balance it out. And it makes it a wonderful it, you believe, do you think you can be improve Why on a BLT? You, need to enter, man. you, you can. Like you you really can. So it's amazing because we have a word for this now, and it's umami, right? <laughs> Spam provides that that savoriness, that uh, saltiness, that richness that all dishes need, much like a pate would. You can spread that. <laughs> it on is a like it's a it's a pork pate. Yeah. Well, uh, what time's the event on uh, July sixth? It's uh, gates open at noon. Um, music starts at one, the, the blazing bows, uh, Mary Hattersley, sweet Mary from, uh, greasy wheels has been teaching young children to play the fiddle for like 25 years. And, uh, this is her class of this year and there'll be like 20 of them out there. They're going to start off the music at one o'clock. Um, at two o'clock, the judging begins and Leanne Atherton plays at three o'clock. Jeff Plankenhorn is going to play with his band, incredible guitar player. And uh, at 4 o'clock, my band, the Seceders, which is actually the Uranium Savages, minus one person. And um, we'll perform and do some of our classic spam parodies. We've already been rehearsing 16 Cans and um, Mr. Spam Man, Make Me a Dish. I'm tired of Popeyes and tuna fish. One spam and eggs, not eggs and bacon. What's that new spam dish that I smell you're making, Mr. Spam Man? Yes. Remember that song? We we <laughs> and, and we, we always start off with Are you going to Spamarama? Partly singed hairy old swine. 
Dismembered meat is ground up in there. She once was my 4-H project. And we go on from there. You know, we, but I would like the ZZ Top one that I wrote. Uh, the world goes crazy for the chop-pressed ham. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's at 4 o'clock with the awards ceremony. 5 o'clock, uh, Birdleg. Hmm who's an incredible performer in his own right, and then um, wrap it up with the Austin Lounge Wizards. So uh, if you want to submit a dish, you, can, you can't you can just show up on Saturday morning, but get there at 11. Yeah. And it's preferable to go ahead and sign up online yes. on the website ahead of time. Yes. And how much are tickets at the door? They're $10. Well, tickets at the door are $15. We're going to go 15 Tickets at the door are $15. They're $10 in advance. You can go to spamorama.net. And you can buy tickets through Eventbrite. And uh, you can also pay. Um, yeah, we decided with a team of four for a professional. And uh, and so that gets four people in. And, and then uh, for $15, you can enter the open division. Mm. And, um, yeah, you can get your entry form and fill it out and bring it with you, you know. Okay. Um, but I'd say everybody needs to be registered by by noon. And if you're going to cook, you can, you can get there at 11, so. That sounds good. Well, David, thank you so much for coming into the studio. Thank you for having us. Thanks for bringing this back. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. That's our show. Thanks for listening, and thanks to our sponsor, Copenhagen Furniture. Check out the Austin 360 Instagram and Facebook for more about life in Austin. And talk to us on Twitter at LoveAustin360. Please leave us a review on iTunes. It helps other people find our show. I Love You So Much, the Austin 360 podcast is a production of the feature staff at the Austin American Statesman. This episode was produced by Elizabeth Alice. Our theme music is from the local band Hardproof, which you should definitely check out at hardproofmusic.com. You can find everything you'd want to know about the show and its contributors at austin360.com slash loveaustin360. And if you want to pitch an idea for the show or give us feedback, shoot us a note at loveaustin360 at statesman.com. We couldn't do the show without you, dear listeners, and we can't thank you enough for lending us your ears, your comments, and your most delicious spam recipes. Until next week, we'll see you celebrating Old Austin with a Lone Star in hand. Since 1983, Copenhagen Modern Furniture has showcased Austin's largest collection of fine contemporary furniture and accessories. Now, at Copenhagen, save $500 on any stressless signature or leg comforter recliner model. For more ways to save, shop online at copenhagenliving.com or visit the showroom on Breaker Lane. Copenhagen Modern Furniture, Austin's premier destination for everything contemporary since 1983. Thank you.